0: All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here.
1: Welcome to Bull Bear Radio.
2: Market pricing
1: nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber.
2: Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle.
1: WBI brings you wealth-building market insights.
3: and welcome to Bull Bear Radio, episode 100. Matt, Rick, and Don here, industry veterans all, and we want to go back and take a walk down memory lane. We want to take a look at the 10 best episodes that have received over 20,000 listens overall with Bull Bear Radio, and we think this will be fun. It'll be interesting, and remember, we're all about the three eyes we're interested in informing you we're interested in uh, having conversations around implementable ideas and we're interested in making sure that the information that you get is transferable to action so since 2017 there have been over 100 episodes and number 10 on the top 10 of the 100 episodes is jerry needs to increase the value of his business in March of 19, Don and Matt talked about uh, how you can improve your overall dynamics. It was inspired by Don's book, Building a World-Class Financial Services Business. Take a listen. I think you'll find it interesting and helpful. In August of 18, this, art, this particular episode, Fang by the Numbers, is really worth digging into a little bit. You know, back in 18, we were having some deja vu. The episode examined the trends versus growth and value and why the FANG trade made it feel like 1999 again and why that mattered. Matt, you know, your thoughts of what's transpired and it appears we were pretty spot on.
0: Well, yeah, we as an organization had been talking about the growing importance of FANG in relation to, you know, uh, the, the returns, the index were produced, uh, indexes were producing. So FANG increasingly every single year, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. By 18, the writing's on the wall. Four or five stocks are essentially controlling the market's return year in and year out because they had grown as a percentage of the index from a relatively small number to a big number. And that trend still continues to an extent today. Don, what are your thoughts there? I I have a couple of stats to share with people about how Fang has really emerged into a force. But I think, you know, what do you think about, you know, look, it looks like we were on trend back then. Uh, we're all over this trend today. What are your thoughts regarding Fang's impact in the markets and where we're at today with Fang? Do you think Fang's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the future, or is is Fang, you know, going to uh, you know get defanged?
2: Well, I think that uh, Fang has already been defanged a little bit here in 2021. Um, it isn't leading in terms of returns like it was. Uh, very overvalued. The problem with Fang right now is that the stocks that are in that, you know, Fang top 10 capitalization weighted, top five capitalization weighted stocks are uh, super overvalued, been the darlings and, you know, have taken a little gas recently. Although I have noticed over the last couple of weeks, we see Microsoft, Apple and Google back in the lead. So we're seeing a resurgence by some of the big cap or the biggest of the big cap FANG stocks. Those three stocks alone move the market every single day. So, so check this out, guys. FANG, just a few years ago,
0: right back in 2013, was less than 10%, right, FANG, uh, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, Microsoft. From a market cap perspective, these companies were less than 10% of uh, the S&P 500's market cap. Combined. Combined. Now you're talking about 25% through just about a week ago. Before the meltdown a couple of weeks ago, uh, 27% approximately right so they took a little bit of a hit some of the other stocks you know uh you know
2: got in there and have provided some return so they've tripled their cap weighting as part of the s p since 2013 2013. I mean, that's unbelievable now under 10 percent to almost 30 percent
0: now here is something that's absolutely mind-blowing since since 2013, beginning of 2013 through 4.9, right? The S&P 500 is up 178%. The s and X FANG is up 131. So underperforming the total market, and guess what? FANG, F-A-A-N-G-M is up
2: six hundred and forty eight percent since 2013 let's break that down one more time so the stocks that represent the fang that have tripled in cap weighting driving the total index return produced how much return since 2013 Uh, according
0: to uh yardini research here ed yardini so uh, You've got uh, it's moved up six hundred forty eight point eight percent through four nine. So beginning of thirteen
2: forty eight. Let's call it six fifty. Close enough for government work here. And how much would be the S and P without the fang? Uh, one thirty one X fang thirty one. Wow, That's so phenomenal, unbelievable, right? But people have come to believe that the S and P. 500 stock index. This is supposed to be represent the broad market of large cap stocks in the United States. And really, as we just talked about, it represents six stocks, the S and P 500. It's like six stocks. It's six stocks. That's what's moving the index. That's what's produced the return. So if you haven't been fully invested in those six stocks, man, you've eaten The pipe, you know?
0: And and the funny thing is I know investors have been fired up with uh, their money managers and their advisors because they haven't gotten S and P returns. Well, unless you were invested in the S and P 500 or you had those six stocks, man, you got left out of the party to an extent. You didn't get index returns because you didn't own the index or you didn't own enough of those six stocks. If you didn't own enough of those six stocks, man, It's been something. So we've been talking about it for a long time, really relevant in 18, still relevant today, which is interesting. Rick, what else you got on uh, on this walk down memory lane?
3: Well, episode eight, we talked about the Fed. In fact, it was titled, Is the Market Fed Up? Not Uh, yet. There was an awful (laughs) lot going on uh, market volatility wise in 18, indicators that the economy might be slowing and 18 indeed was a year that the bull took a breather because it finished the year, even with everything that was happening with Fang, uh, down 4.3%. Yep. Then episode seven, you know, we looked at is a titanic tug of war in store for us in 2019. That was episode 59. The markets couldn't decide early in January uh, if they wanted to sink or swim, uh, early earnings reports were disappointing. Fang was back with a vengeance. Uh, there was geopolitical uncertainty, but the tug of war between market bulls and bears existed. We all know the outcome. The market the finished fed up. 18, the the fed, fed stepped in. Yeah, the Fed
2: stepped in.
0: Yeah, but first, you know, we already had said here that you know the market and the economy was teetering on the brink here because of weakened, um, you know, fundamentals. And we're talking about at this time that, hey, you know, there could be a bear market in our future. We just don't know it yet, right? Because fundamentals already had started to plateau, started to weaken. We're seeing cracks here. The economy's doing okay, And, you know, fast forward to December of 2019, you know, a mere 11 months later, COVID-19 rolls around and we go from bull market to bear market in a flash.
2: Well, if you remember, the uh, uh, then Fed chairman was actually tightening policy towards the end of uh, 2018, which led to a pretty good decline in the markets. The S&P just missed a bear market Uh, Number of twenty percent down nineteen point five eight, I believe, and uh, you know the other major indexes, large and small cap, all were down twenty percent plus. And when the market
0: nineteen point eight, by the way, I think it's nineteen point eight five. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah,
2: Um, the market, you know, was taking a a, some real gas, and Fed Chairman Powell on January sixth stepped in and said, "We're going to go from tightening interest rates." to accommodating yeah we're going to you know drive interest rates back to the bottom and we're going to end up doing some asset purchases on bonds and everything else that we can think of you know we're going to buy etfs we're going to buy high yield ETFs. yeah well that's we're going to buy a lot of stuff and we're going
0: to make the market go up this is what we were talking about and guess what boy did
2: they make the market go
0: up in 19. This, this is what we were talking about in, in episode number 48 is the market fed up. And, and it was all about that September tightening. Right. And then like Don says, market sells off hard. Uh, Steve Mnuchin calls in from the, the, the Cabo sat phone there on Christmas day. Secretary in- treasury. Yep. Gets uh, liquidity into the markets and, and, you know, the market's, with the Federal Reserve, federal government, everybody trying to push this thing higher. No kidding. Titanic tug of war between bears and bulls. The bull went out for the, the balance of 2019 until we hit that rough patch because of COVID-19. Fundamentals were already starting to soften a little bit. Uh, kind of that soft underbelly. And then boom. you know. Well, you know, people, history. investors
2: have really uh, ignored fundamentals and only stuck with the Fed storyboard. You know, that's what the uh, since it since the financial crisis in 2009, uh, nine, the bottom in March of 2009, you know, it's been all about the Fed, all about the Fed, all about the Fed. I yeah. mean, it's full time, all the time, Fed policy driving this market and nothing folks has changed yes okay so so rick where are we at here walking
0: down memory lane we got through uh episode seven uh you know what what else is next what are some of the other highlights here
3: well by by august of 19 we were wondering whether the market's a mess uh you know the fed's cutting rate was, was short-lived investors were looking for a mop uh but Uh, we had conversations around the fear of missing out, uh, corporate buybacks, uh, obviously a lot of that contributed to that performance because it was kind of a, oh, a sticky period of time that one wouldn't expect that type of return. By the time we moved on, uh, we were talking about an episode 79, what crisis do investors face? Uh, It was in September of 19 Uh, we talked about the news around passive and active investing value versus growth, but what transpired towards the end of the year that positioned us uh, to see the type of returns that we saw in 2020.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about a number 79 there, which is the fifth most listened to episode. We're starting to talk about, you know um, you know, this fear of missing out and it is a recession pending. Not you know, is they were talking about this. Remember with, with uh, Trump, you know, can, can the Goldilocks face here with the Trump presidency and uh, a, a, a resurgent economy, you know, some growth in the early days of, of the administration there. How long can this last? Every, you know, president faces an economic slowdown and everybody was talking about, well, will he have a recession in his first term here? Right. Cause it's slowing uh, fundamentals and uh, we were so showing some slower growth and such. So, you know, we're talking about this in September of 19 and in December of 20, obviously the, uh, News breaks later in the year, uh, especially in January of 2020, that you know, COVID is December is 19. Yeah. It was December, it's COVID-19 because the first cases obviously are identified and reported about in late December of 2019. It's not really till the news breaks it towards the end of January here in the States that we know that the uh fix is in. And uh, the market's going to take a breather. But anyway, uh, what else do we got here? I think we've got a couple more episodes to, to talk about here.
3: Yeah, I mean, episode four, we, we talked about fundamentals. Uh, that was back in January of 19. There was an awful lot of concern of earnings and on earnings, what the Fed was going to do. Uh, we've got episode three. Uh, episode, uh, excuse me, episode fifty-six. Uh, that was December of eighteen. Uh, the Fed announced the rate hike. Uh, we all know how we ended up. But you know, again, a lot of focus on earnings trends uh, and an indication that you know this thing could come back and come back with an vengeance with the Fed intervention, uh, with fear of missing out, and some uptick in fundamentals. Uh, we dealt with impeachment in episode two. That was the second most listened to. How will investors respond? Uh, all yeah, number the- number
0: eighty. That was uh, yep. September 2019. There was the second most listened to episode. All that political back and forth that you know we've even talked about a lot recently in the last 20 episodes, right? Same thing's been been going on, and it's still going on today. To an extent, right? I mean, you know, it it looks like a lot of what we were saying back then, we need an infrastructure spend, right, to really uh, pour some, uh, you know, gasoline on, on the fire in terms of economic growth. And finally, years and years later, I mean, we were talking about infrastructure spending back in 17 and 18, a ton on Bull Bear Radio. And finally, here it is 2021, and we might get $2.5 2.5 trillion, but it's debatable what's you know in the the 2.5 trillion dollar package. So interestingly enough, that leads us to episode number 81, Rick. Which, uh, which number one? Yep. Yeah. Is the Grim Reaper here to stay? And you know, hey, look, we've been in a bull market now uh, since uh, Q2 of last year, but we are sitting at the precipice here of uh, really uh, an interesting market in 1987 style, 1920, you know, 1987 style, uh, you know, meltdown for the markets last year, followed by an epic recovery, very similar to that year. And then now we're at all time historic valuations, which means, you know, is the Grim Reaper coming back, on you know, because you're sitting at a PE multiple for the S&P right now of, Forty six point nine two. And by the way, I saw something last week. The P.E. multiple, 40 percent of Russell 2000 companies are not
2: profitable at the moment. Can you believe that? Forty percent are not profitable. Those are small and mid cap companies. yeah, not doing that well. You know, the bottom of the S&P is not looking too strong, you know, and we're really uh, people are expecting that earnings are going to follow a very, very hot economic recovery. Yep. And you know, for all this to work out, let's let's just break it down for a minute. Let's talk a little bit about where we are and what needs to happen for this bull market to is it continue. A gr- is the grim, grim reaper coming? The grim. Reap- oh, you're going to get to this. Aren't the grim reaper, right, is hiding in the closet. Uh oh, is he going to come? Freddy Krueger. Sooner or it's later, it's going to pop out of the closet sooner or later. What we need to do is determine whether or not it's tonight. Or it's sometime off in the future.
0: Oh man, he had too much coffee today, <laughs>
2: folks. He had too much. coffee. So let's keep the Grim Reaper in a mint for a minute. In the let's in keep them in the closet. In the closet. Let's, let's lock them in, in the closet. closet. Let's board it up. Let's put some furniture in front of there, and we'll hope that that'll hold them for a while. I Doubt think it, it will. But right? Okay. For a little while, yeah. right? Maybe. So here's what we got, right? We got uh, all-time valuation highs. So how do we reconcile the market going higher with a 46 times PE multiple? Well, you don't unless you get a couple of things happening. Number one, the resurgence of the pandemic has to go away completely by fall. I mean, like, we got to be out of the woods on the pandemic. We can't have, you know, continued shutdowns, lockdowns, restrictions, or anything else for the economy to actually take off like everybody thinks it's going to, right? They're, they're talking about 6%, 7% GDP growth for 2021. That is a monster growth rate. Just what we need. I love it. If we can get there, the Fed has to stay completely quiet. The Fed is the Grim Reaper's little brother. And if they pop out of the closet and they start to tighten interest rates or reduce the amount of asset purchases or telegraph to the markets that they're concerned about overheating and inflation the Grim Reaper is going to break out.
0: They just need to like keep a lid on it. Don't say anything. Economy's fine. Market's fine. We don't think inflation's a problem. We're going to continue to be supportive and then just go away.
2: So to get a lasting high growth rate in the economy, people look forward on the market to determine pricing today. Right now, they're pricing in this very much Goldilocks' fairy tale story that the markets are going to continue to go higher forever. Well, Rick, well, have you ever seen in your long storied career the markets ever going higher forever?
3: Never. I I, I remember two years ago, three years ago, when you look at the Schiller number, which was the standard that people would scoff at and go, Ah, yeah, that's not important. You know, it's trailing PE or it's forecasted PEs of forty plus.
0: Yeah, well, the I, the, that's, the that's forecasted the for forecasted for the S and P according to Barons is twenty three point four, which is you know way high relative to the fifteen number or sixteen number that's historical. So you're still even on a forward basis, which is saying, hey, you know, earnings are going to get way better from here like way, 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 way better from here. I mean, like really, really good for earnings.
2: Here. Earnings have to get so much guys, better. Guys, that you can't believe it. They've got a double and, and triple. Guys, and there's a problem. Here's the problem. We got a boost to, to earnings that was artificial with the tax cut from 35% on the top corporate tax break rate to 21%. We got this huge instant increase in net after-tax income for companies. Cash flow, net cash flow was huge. So check Check this out. And guess what? If the Biden administration actually gets through a significant increase in taxes, which is being proposed not only on individuals, but corporations, they're going to submarine torpedo the stimulus package that was just passed and the infrastructure bill that they're proposing. Yeah, well, I
0: mean, you know, uh, people are flooding from states where, uh, you know, uh, personal tax rates are going to go higher, too. I mean, it's crazy. You just sent me the article like an hour ago. People leaving California like crazy because they're going to increase the uh, taxes on individuals there to... Like double what it is in some states. If 13. Not more, point,
2: triple. 13, 13 and a half percent almost on the top tax bracket pair. The thing that was stunning in that article to me is that an individual that is earning fifty-eight thousand dollars a year. This is somebody who's you know Scraping not making all that much money and certainly wouldn't be considered wealthy by anybody's standards, has to pay in California a State income tax rate of 9.9 percent. Wow,
3: that that's is nuts.
2: nuts! The highest tax bracket in most states for high, high income earners don't approach that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why there's this mass exodus out of California. So, so check this out, and guys. people are you know, like Florida, there's so many people going into Florida. I'm worried about the weight tipping over. The axis rotation of of the world. Oh my gosh! So
0: look, look. You want to you want to uh, hear a weighty number here? This is nuts. So Russell two thousand price to earnings multiple. With all these companies not making any money, You want to know what it is? No. Don't two thousand six hundred and ninety six.
2: Two thousand six hundred. Are you kidding me? That's
0: why it says N.A. in Barron's people. Are you kidding me? Because the number is just absolutely
2: off the chain. Horrible. So wait a minute for the S&P 500. We need earnings to double to bring the trailing P.E. from forty six down to twenty three double. Instantly. And for for the, for the Russell
0: 2000. Well, we need, a- we need the 38.94% of companies in the Russell 2000 are not making money at the moment. So we need those 40% of companies to make money again. And that will help because when you do exclude the negative earnings, The PE is 21.19, so 21. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Which means (laughs) the the index is super cheap, too, at the moment. Usually, the Russell 2000 has a PE of 45.
2: Hey, you know, that's like saying, I I went to the emergency room, right? And they were going to do open heart surgery, but they cut my arms off instead. And I'm feeling better about that. I mean, 2,600 times earnings. Forty percent of the companies in the Russell 2000, which is 800 companies, are not making any money right now. Well, they're making money,
0: but their expenses exceed what they're making. So they're losing money. They're they're losing. That's
2: what I mean. They're not making any money. They are losing
0: money, bro. Yes. Somebody's losing capital. Yes. And that also, my friends, is one of the problems with indexing.
3: Is there any safety there in value? Versus- wait a minute. Wait a minute.
2: Let's it, roll back on if, that. If, if Rick, you buy- how many of the two thousand stocks in the Russell two thousand ETF do you want to own if you're buying the ETF index?
3: None. How many of them? I mean, 60%. if I'm looking at that number, but, <laughs> Maybe. but I got to own it all. I can't. You got to own
2: it all. You're going to own the eight hundred dogs. Yeah. Why would you do that? Cause it's cheap.
0: It's low cost. It's passive, you know, and Vanguard says it's great. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I think but, that's what the story is, right? Yeah. Huh,
3: good Lord.
2: Got it. Got
0: it. Well,
3: it has been a very, very interesting walk down memory lane. And what I gather from what has been said about what we're looking at is we need, bigger bolts just to protect ourselves from the grim reaper. If this thing comes apart,
2: you bet. Yeah. You could better protect, protect capital. I think the market's going to rise because, you know, investors want it to rise. Yep. And you know, we may not get any uh, bad news. That's bad enough for investors to essentially capitulate and throw in the towel on this deal. But you have to realize that, you know, the only reason, why we are at all time highs on the market is because the fed has pushed us there. The fed is the whole story. It isn't the economy. It isn't earnings. It isn't corporate performance. It is just the fed. And now the government is going to be a hand in glove partner of the fed potentially on stimulus and, and uh, infrastructure spending. Now, the one thing about the infrastructure spending that's really disappointing is that if you look under the hood, out of the 2.5 trillion that Matt was talking about, there's less than a trillion of that that's actually gonna go to infrastructure spending. The rest of it's all going to social programs and other things and that tax. are unlikely, unlikely to make any improvement in the economy. So we're not far removed from our our walk down memory
0: lane here, folks. We're just not. It's all the same
2: stuff. What's changed? Almost nothing. We made it through the pandemic so far. The markets have gone higher. Can you imagine? We have had bad news, you know, fundamentally in the markets. We've had a pandemic, shutdowns. The Russell 2000 is a good indication that there's a lot of companies that have been really hurt by this pandemic. And really, the, the, the guys on Main Street, you know, all those stores that are closed up in New York City and everywhere else, the empty office buildings, no one's talking about it. There's a lot of pain economically yet to reconcile. So we could get, you know, a continuation of economic and market nirvana, with investors continuing to ignore everything that's negative. And if we do, the markets will go higher for some time. And then at some point in time, people are going to come to reality. They're going to wake up and smell the sulfur. And then the grim reaper comes out of the closet. Yep. Okay. So, so they smell the sulfur. That's when the grim reaper comes and, out.
0: And that is my friends episode 100 of bull bear radio. Wow. Thanks Rick. Thanks You're for the welcome walk memory lane. I think you just scared everybody. Wow. Um, or maybe we did. I don't know which one.
3: Hey, if the if we're one thing, we're always on honest and candid with everybody. And stay tuned because it's our goal, desire, to keep you focused on track uh, and in the game for the right reasons.
2: There are a lot lot of people, Rick, who stand in the eye of a hurricane and think it's a lot of fun until it isn't.
0: So we're in the eye of the hurricane? Don says yes. Okay. That's a wrap, I guess, right?
3: That's it for episode 100.
0: All right. All right, we'll see you next time.
3: Thank you, Donna, Matt. Everybody be well. This is
1: not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time, and there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations services and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc.